Hi, this is Yitz Greenberg, and I'm here to record the Dvar Torah for the week of Bahar Bechukotai. The title is Judaism's Utopian Vision of Universal Equality. Despite the biblical prophets' outspoken calls for social justice and to end the exploitation of the poor, Jewish traditional religion in contemporary Israel and America has become mostly identified with conservative or even reactionary political economic views. Plain and simple, this current dominant stance contradicts an important part of the tradition. As shown in our Parsha, the Torah actually encapsulates a strong utopian vision of a world of equality, justice, and universal dignity. True, it marries this vision with a method of world improvement that is covenant, which is realistic, gradualist, seeking incremental change, particularist and personal rather than universalist and ideological. So by stressing certain aspects of this method, Judaism can be presented as a ritualistic religion focused on upholding the stability of the social order. But this does not do justice to the world transformation that the prophetic messianic stream in Judaism seeks to achieve. I believe that the marriage of utopian values with hard-headed actual actions and concrete steps is intended to enable Judaism to make dialectical moves and to use the best policies from both general political approaches. This hybrid approach also has positioned Judaism to avoid the pathological, runaway revolutionary movements that have raised humanity's hopes and dashed them for the past two centuries. So this week I want to focus on the utopian vision. This will help readers grasp the fullness of the Jewish hope for world repair. The Torah recognizes private property and upholds it by prohibiting stealing, unfair exchanges, or seizing others' possessions by cheating or moving boundaries without payment. But private property and marketplace economics inevitably lead to inequality and the creation of a class of permanently poor. The Torah fights this by prohibiting taking interest on loans and by calling on family to help individuals avoid falling into poverty. When individuals are driven by economic pressures to sell their land, the Torah instructs family and redeemers, goel in Hebrew, to help them regain their land and capacity to produce income. The word goel or redeemer describes a near kinsman or an individual who has a covenantal responsibility to this person. See chapter 25 in Leviticus, verse 25. Most of all, the Torah reveals its commitment to equality by shaping the seventh year as a sabbatical year. The number seven represents the Torah's ideal of the perfect, the whole, the complete. <clears throat> Thus, the seventh day every week is Shabbat. Six days a week we tolerate and participate in the flawed daily regimen where there is equality and inequality, rich and poor, justice and injustice, satiety and deprivation. But on the seventh day of the Shabbat, we put aside all the compromises and injustice. All people be they free or slaves, are released from work. All competition and striving to get ahead is suspended. 
People live the day as a foretaste of the Messianic era, when all people will have all that they need without war or conflict. People will live in harmony with God, with nature, and with each other. In parallel fashion, the Torah creates a different economic paradigm for the seventh sabbatical year that breaks from the model that governs the first six years of the cycle. In this seventh year, we put aside all the inequities, all the economic competition and exploiting of labor. Private ownership, as it were, is suspended. The land is not cultivated, but its produce is thrown open to all to come and take as they need or even as their animals need. It is as if the Torah is proclaiming a socialist common ownership of the land for all for the duration of the sabbatical year. Our Parsha also describes the 50th year, Yovel, the Jubilee year. Yovel upholds and restores the Torah's ideal vision of full economic equality for all. Equality and economic dignity start with the division of the land when the people Israel entered Canaan. Each family was given an equal portion of land, adjusted for the number of people in the family and the productive quality of the land. Then the Torah prescribes interest-free loans and instructs family to help to prevent people from having to sell their land and thereby lose their source of income. The Torah also rules that land cannot be permanently sold, but only for a limited number of harvest years. When poor farmers sell the land for these limited years, the Torah instructs the family and redeemers to help them buy it back and regain their earning power. Now, despite all these special efforts, inevitably some land will be lost to some families, and a permanent landless class, mired in poverty, will emerge. Therefore, in the 50th year, the Jubilee year, all the land is distributed back to the original families. Thus, every family can start over again in the next generation with a guaranteed source of income. Permanent poverty is prevented. In the Jubilee year, every Hebrew in servitude goes free. The Torah is really saying that in the ideal world, no one will be a master. Everyone will be free. Everyone will be equal economically. Everyone will be restored to an ancestral heritage. To sum it up, as the Torah says, quote, you shall proclaim liberty throughout the land to all its inhabitants. Uh, need I add that these were the words that were chosen by the American revolutionaries uh, to put on the Liberty Bell, symbolizing their dream of an ideal country in America. Now, historians are not sure that these ideal laws were ever actually carried out. We know that far less economically transformational laws, such as the Torah's limit of a six-year term for Hebrew slaves, were resisted and violated by large landowners and wealthy nobles. Nevertheless, the prophets insist that these laws are operative, and this ideal <coughs> will be realized in the Messianic era. The exploitation of the poor and the privileging of the rich and powerful will be stopped. That is why the prophet Isaiah predicts that to have full dignity and equality for all, we must overcome poverty altogether.
The poor are not only economically deprived, they are degraded in status and more often than not denied the opportunities or resources to move up on the socioeconomic ladder. Therefore, Isaiah insists that in the Messianic era, prosperity will, quote, flood as a mighty stream and the phenomenon of the poor will disappear. Similarly, illnesses and disabilities that tend to reduce people's status and earning power will be cured. This will pave the way for full equality and standing in society for those held back by such disabilities. Furthermore, according to the prophet Hosea, Hosea, when the world is fully repaired and God renews the covenant, then the woman will call her husband Ishi, my man, and not Baali, my husband or master. The implication is that the curse of male domination, it is a curse, see Genesis chapter 3 verse 16, will be undone and woman, women will achieve full equality. In that time, there will be full equality before the law and the poor will get equal justice with the rich. This, in fact, will be the hallmark of the Messianic age. The prophets have described this era as a realization of what the rabbis called the kingdom of God. This grows out of the belief that only when all justice and inequality is ended will humanity come to know God truly. Then the whole earth will be holy, full of life, dignity, and equality for all. Let me then add a footnote. How then do I explain the emergence of an Orthodox Judaism that is politically conservative and focused on observance of certain ritual commandments, almost to the neglect of social justice issues? This is the outcome of the Haredi alliances with conservative or even reactionary regimes in Eastern Europe in the 19th and 20th centuries, in the hope of holding back jointly the advance of modernity. The rightist tendency has been accentuated by Israeli orthodoxy seeking to maintain its monopoly on state religion and American orthodoxy's ongoing embrace of Donald Trump. But the prophetic messianic stream continues to proclaim that all justice and equality will be ended and then humanity will come to know God truly.